Hey. So you have your trust. Or at least you're planning on having a trust and you intend to use it for a specific purpose. Whatever it is you want to use it for. Whether you intend to use it to protect yourself, your assets, or to take whatever has been subrogated. Whatever has been taken away from you or whatever you've been compelled to do under the capacity of being inferior. You need to know some basic things. Many people talk about foreign trusts and domestic trusts. You merely naming your trust foreign, private, irrevocable, whatever it is you want to name it, does not make it foreign. It is how you function with it that determine its status. And certain things in certain places are placed specifically to basically let you know all right we're in the business of basically taking booties which is a, a a maritime word for which is a form of the taking of possession of others whether it's from some type of feud or some type of voluntary waiver and a lot of it is within the ucc but some of it is also codified within the Code of Federal Regulations. Now the Code of Federal Regulations is specific to the Executive Departments of the United States and its agencies and it's meant for them to use. And because it's meant for them to use, it's a regulation that says, alright, this is an instruction book for how you take booties. And if this requirement isn't met, don't touch it. If it is, do so by all means because well this is a business if someone waves it or someone gives it to us then we take it and the part of the code of federal regulation that really does a very excellent job at delineating this foundational difference of how they determine whose property to take whether through the probate process or before then or after it is within 26 CFR specifically subsections 301-7701-7 and if you really want more explanation of this it is codified within the federal register I mean it's it's explained within the federal registrar so the, the federal registrar is the main place where they release these these things, the Federal Registrar is the, the publication medium. It has the volume number and whatnot. So if you're interested in getting certified copies of this, this would be the reference that you're going to make reference to when it comes to you know, certain aspects that you may want to use as admissible evidence or judicial notice when it comes to administering your trust or if someone intends to trespass on it or if you just want to put certain notices out there. Make reference to these and the specific parts of it rather than these but nonetheless these gives the general deep explanation of what this is telling you this gives you the general outline this explains it in details and what the intent and understanding was when these regulations were published for the use of the executive department and its agencies so this is how they write in their rule books to take your shit and you have to understand it 
in order to protect your shit. So here it is. You merely naming your trust foreign does not make it foreign. You merely saying it's private does not make it private. And the more you keep reading into books regarding equity, the more you realize that these are actually very, very universal principles. And when you start reading texts from, you know, religious books or other spiritual principles that are put in allegories, you start realizing that this is very ancient. And given that fact, in summary, what it basically says is there are two main ways that your trust can be pierced. Meaning, oh, so you want to make a claim using this entity, right? You finally figured a little bit of something out. You now want to come to an entity rather than using someone else's property. Okay, cool. Now we're going to test you. And the two main tests, there are many ways, but the two main tests is the control test and the court test. And all in all, it basically just delineates minimum contact, how you contract. So you can do everything proper with your trust. Can you can you can have the divine creator sign in on your paper. If you recontract, which the divine creator and other gods let you know you have the right to do so. If you recontract, other entities will take that which rightfully belongs to you. A trust is a United States person. If. So before we continue, there are many things in life you want to pass and qualify for. When it comes to this specific section of the Federal Register, you actually don't want to pass it. In this case, you actually want to fail it. I repeat, there are many things in life you want to qualify for and pass. Just like withholdings, you probably don't want to qualify for it. Or maybe you do. Your choice. Depends on how you contract. But when it comes to this specific section, you don't want to qualify for it. You want to fail it. So keep that in mind. Because if you pass it, that is how they pierce the trust. That is how you, your business partners, your trust members, and your affairs gets blend right in into the partnership, affairs, and activities of the United States. Nothing wrong with the United States. In fact, you can contract with the United States under certain conditions and if you seek certain things. But in other things, you probably should just handle your business and just leave things be. But nonetheless, you don't want to qualify or pass these tests. You don't want to qualify court tests and control tests. And here it is. A trust is a United States person. If... Man, it's letting you know if you meet these conditions, we got your ass. The court within the United States is able to exercise primary supervision over the administration of the trusts. This is what they call court tests. Meaning if you bring your trust into probate, 
or into a a, a child protective case because that's really actually probate because they usually title it in the interest of and then they name the minors or if you are dealing with any supposed criminal case or any other civil case and you bring your trust whatever type of trust you have these are the things that they will not tell you they're doing and they're not obligated to tell you they're doing but based on the delineation of the things that you put in and how you approach the whole situation they will test your ass and they will just carry on if, if you qualify for that test or if the entity that you bring in qualify for that these tests the court test and the control test they will carry on and just railroad you so keep these in mind when it comes to the operation of law and administrating your trust a court within the United States is able to exercise primary supervision over the administration of the trust called the court test one or more or and one or more United States person have the authority to control all substantial decisions with the trust so they're telling you if you don't delegate someone that is not a United States person to control substantial decisions of the trust then they got you if whoever controls substantial decision of your trust is a United States person you and that trust is a United States person a property cannot own a property and by virtue of that they are able to exercise primary supervision over the administration of the trust so this first part really makes more sense when you read it like this a trust is a United States person if one or more of the United States person have the authority to control all substantial decision of the trust and or therefore a court within the United States is able to exercise primary supervision over the administration of the trust and they call they call this court tests and control tests control test is who controls the substantial decision court test is when you're in a certain venue if this is out of place then automatically they will turn into a constructive trust which when you look at all the different types of court within your state the probate court county court uh, criminal court municipal court they all have a supreme court whatever it is at one point or the other you will see that there's an administrative uh, division Within in, in, at Illinois, it's in the, it's within the Supreme Court. There's an administrative division within the Supreme Court of Illinois that basically manhandles all these other courts. So find the equivalent in your state, and that spot is where they pretty much point fingers and say, "All right, this is the one we got, and we're going to construct it." And oh, or nope, we're not. We don't have power over this. But it does, sometimes it doesn't even get that far because once you come in right, uh, the the acting trustee, the ministerial trustee, or whatever court venue you are publicly would know better because they do follow this even on a state level. Because remember, the states are also 14th Amendment citizens, which are United States person, and their whole goal is to segregate you and homogenize everything turn it into theirs so they can just do what they do 
It's all business. It's nothing personal. No one has anything against you. It's just what they do. So make sure that you, whoever has the authority to control your stuff in, in a trust, the one who controls in the public is a trustee. So your trustee must not be a United States person. Whoever controls substantial decision, make sure you make it very clear that they're not a United States person. Or else if you're trying to function with it under any circumstance and there's any dispute that you're coming in or that someone brings you into, um, they will construe it as their property. Then goes on to say, a trust is a United States person for purpose of internal revenue codes. They're automatically merging the taxation aspect, which is the, the withholding. If you are our property, then you are bound to give us your dues. You're bound to give us our fair share. So if under any circumstance any of these apply, then well, they got the private entity that does their accounting for them. They're gonna bring that into the equation. So the, it's a perfect transition and they're letting you know. A trust is a United States person for purpose of the Internal Revenue Service, Internal Revenue Code, on any day of the trust and any on any day that the trust meets both the court tests and the control test for purposes of the regulation of this chapter the domestic trust means the term domestic trust means a term means a trust that is a United States person the term foreign trust mean any trust other than a domestic trust. Meaning whatever a foreign trust is, they cannot stipulate or determine what it is. That is why it's foreign, because they have no power over it. You make what your foreign trust is however you want. So long as you're not trespassing on others, so long as you're acting in good faith, and so long as you fail the court tests and control tests. You want to fail these. You don't want to qualify for it. You want to fail them. B goes on to tell you the term of the trust instrument, an applicable law, must be applied to determine whether the court tests and the control tests are met. Remember, you don't want to meet them. This is one of the few things in life you actually want to fail. And then it lets you know the terms of the trust instrument. They're letting you know you should create terms of condition, terms and conditions. Trust law and contract law goes in hand, hand in hand. So always create your terms and conditions of how your trust will be ran. Be very strict with it, but know what you're doing. And part of what you'll be doing is put these two things into consideration. The court test and the control test. And letting you know you must have terms and conditions to your trust. It says the terms of trust instrument, an applicable law. These applicable law usually is whatever whatever type of trust you say you want to come in as. You want to come in as inter vivos, you want to come in as uh unincorporated association, you want to come in as shit, you want to come in as LLC, LLC. All these different entities are type of trust. The only difference is with, with an LLC, you just have to state share cropping. And every year when you pay that yearly fee for your LLC, well, it's no different than this. You're paying tax. And in this case, you're just doing it to the revenue department in the state rather than on a federal level. So if you want to come through any other type of trust, which 
credit to Jonah Bay. He teaches Express Trust, which basically allows you to, and within its definition, allows you to basically say whatever you want and do whatever you want with your trust. It's not limited. And when it, there are things making reference to it, it basically goes back and gives you a good old 360 letting you know you determine it. And also, they are doing the same thing here, letting you know the terms of the trust instrument. You must determine how it's ran. So that speaks for itself. Always express your terms and conditions. It says the terms of the trust instrument and applicable law must be applied to determine whether the court test and the control test are met. Applicable laws are like uniform probate code if you're dealing with a probate uh, property or dispute. Uh, uniform commercial code also if you're dealing with security interest or some type of interest in other real properties etc etc applicable law also means the constitution or treaties that you make to apply to it or the terms and conditions these terms on trust instrument is the same thing as applicable law you make your own law based on the contract that you stipulate within the trust instrument so keep that in mind and then C goes on to say the court test this is an extremely powerful thing safe harbor a trust satisfy the court test if the trust instrument does not direct the trust to be administered outside the United States so you want to function privately they're laying it out to you straight out exactly what you need in order for your trust to in fact be foreign and private they're letting you know you have to stipulate the laws of the trust terms and condition that says that this trust is not going to be administered within the United States meaning its jurisdiction it's outside the United States it's not redundant for you to state those verbiages and even if you don't state those verbiages put similar verbiage again a trust satisfied the court test remember you want to fail it you don't want to pass these things you want to fail it you don't want to qualify for these a trust satisfies the court test if the trust instrument does not direct the trust be administered outside of the United States Meaning, you want to direct the trust to be administered outside of the United States. You want to do the opposite of this. And then it goes on to say, the trust satisfies the court test if the trust, in fact, is administered exclusively in the United States. In terms of conditions to make your trust foreign is to, in fact, delineate that it is not administered exclusively in the United States. And it goes on to say a trust satisfied the court test if the trust is not subject to an automatic migration provision. Automatic migration provision is really the main part of safe harbor. Meaning at any pro at any situation where like for probate, for example, they bring any of the property that the trust has interest in or ownership of, you should delineate certain contract laws that hey if you are say 
say for instance you're one of the original inhabitants of North America and you somehow figured oh wait hold on according to customary law this happens when this happened that happens when this happened and this is invoked when that is invoked or say you're from outside the United States and you have customary laws based on your culture you can actually stipulate within your trust that if certain things happen and the property has to be adjudicated or determined then it will be determined by the customary laws or the customary courts of whatever you really are and make sure you substantiate it don't straddle the fence don't fake it because you, the quickest way to really get it stuck at you when it comes to stuff like this is when you're faking it so be true to yourself and really know who you are that is only when these things are going to work for you if you were respectfully if your ancestors came here through transportation act of 1717 look into that because there are applicable laws that benefit to you also be truthful to yourself because these guys they know who's who and if you begin to want to lie to them and say this is who you are or who you're not they're gonna ignore you and turn the other eye and then stick the fist up your ass overall it gives you the details of what saved arbors but when but when you think about it, this doesn't really give you a G, the, the bigger picture. So we'll look at the bigger picture through Investopedia. Investopedia is a, a business website to keep track of certain things and look at definitions. Believe it or not, we all say all crimes in com are commercial and I'm not, I think it's within the 26 CFR also where, it's, where it delineates all the different types of activities that are construed as commercial but it's within the code of federal regulations so if we know all these courts in the united states are commercial in nature then know very well that safe harbor that term safe harbor is a commercial term and you must understand it because this is their instructions of how to subrogate other people's property and make it theirs and they do it through commerce so don't run away from it so what is safe harbor the safe harbor is a legal provision to sidestep or eliminate legal or regulatory liability. In other words, it's a way to avoid liability in certain situations, provided that certain conditions are met. And those conditions, they give it to you right here. They just tell you, look, just make sure your stuff has its own provisions and, and the actual operation of it aligns with that provision whereby it's not administered inside the United States meaning you don't share crop any of your properties with us meaning you really do have interest in everything that you say you're doing and whoever it is is controlling a substantial decision does not belong to us So you did a name change, right? You change your name and you say, well, I changed my name. That's foreign. Which court gave you the court orders to change that name? Is it a court on the jurisdiction of the United States? Then no, that's not a foreign trustee. Then goes on to say court. The term court includes the federal court, state court, or local court, county courts. When you usually hear the word local courts, they're referring to county courts. It says United States, 
The term United States is used in this section in a geographical sense. It is letting you know who your foreign trustee is supposed to be. They are giving it to you straight up. Whoever is going to be controlling this substantial decision in order for you to not qualify for this control test, geographically, it's not domiciled within the United States. Yeah, the United States is based on the Act of 1871 established in Washington, D.C., but they are our subsidiaries through 14th Amendment and those are the state of and the beautiful part about that is the state capitals are usually the limitation of the boundaries to geographical bounds. Then guess what? That state capital, which is the geographical bound of the subsidiary of the United States, have other subsidiaries. And they have their geographical bound. And when you really look at the, the map, they pretty much got the map covered. So geographical in a geographical sense make sure that your trustee who is going to be controlling substantial decision is now within the geographical bounds where the united states is doing business granted other foreign entities can share the same geographical bound with other entities thus for purposes of the court test the united states include only the states and district of columbia State, for purposes of subchapter sub E, and the regulations there under the term state shall include a district from Colombia, but not include the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico or any possessions of the United States. Shall not include the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico. Shall not include possessions of the United States. So what does primary supervision mean? The term primary supervision means that a court has or would have the authority to determine substantially. Substantial is basically the core of what you say that trust is about or not. And they become the daddy and the mommy of your trust. Substantially all substantially all issues regarding the administration of the entire trust they're letting you know they're being very forthcoming it goes to say a court may have primary supervision under paragraph c three four notwithstanding the fact that another court has jurisdiction over a trustee a beneficiary or trust property they don't delineate what another court means, but the presumption here is they're talking about their court. And they have subsequent jurisdiction. So long as you qualify for control and court test. Determined administration of the trust means the carrying out of the duties imposed by the terms of the trust instrument. Again, there goes this word trust instrument. You have to create your terms and condition and applicable law. There he goes again. Common law, contract law, uniform probate act, uniform commercial code. If you allow those to apply, if you allow it to apply, 
or any specific law governing any specific type of trust that you're functioning through, including maintaining the books and records of the trusts, filing tax returns, managing and investing the asset of the trust, defending trusts from suits by predators. Remember how they use the GSA to segregate you and how they, the GSA is how they attach monetary value to anything, regardless of whether it's civil or criminal? They already do, they already make themselves creditors in the back door automatically without you knowing anything about it. And determining the amount and timing of the distribution. You don't want them to do any of these. So make sure you don't qualify for court tests and control tests. Situations that cause a trust to satisfy or fail to satisfy the court test. You want to fail this. I know it sounds very odd. You want to fail the court and control test. You don't want to pass it. You don't want to satisfy it. You don't want to qualify it. You don't want to pass it. You want to fail it. Except as provided in paragraph C42 of this section. Paragraph C4IA through D of this section set forth some specific situations in which a trust satisfies the court test. The fourth situation described are not intended to be exclusive to be an exclusive list. The first one is Uniform Probate Code. This is how you satisfy court tests. Remember, you can create instruments of your own trust to determine how it's operated or how it's going to be operated or administered. Another applicable law, meaning if it applies, cool. If it doesn't, then this supersedes. Now, how do you determine whether these four things apply? Trust instrument. Applicable law, meaning if it applies, if you allow it to. Uniform probate code. Trust me, the court test if the trust is a is registered by an authorized fiduciary or fiduciaries of the trust in a court within the United States pursuant to a state statute that has provisions substantially similar to Article Six, excuse me, Article Seven, Trust Administration of the Uniform Probate Code. What is the Uniform Probate Code? Article Seven. Each state has a uniform probate code and Article 7, they're uniform. So similarly, the articles will have similar verbiage and similar concepts and similar principles. And at Illinois, it's basically talking about how wills are, well, first of all, the probate code in Illinois is within Public Act 79-328 and other ones that are conjoined when they add to it. This act may be cited as Probate Act of 1975. So Article 7 talks about how foreign wills are admitted into 
the state. And remember, it's telling you you qualify for the court test if the will is admitted into the state. And if whenever probate exists, one of your fiduciaries voluntarily bring authenticated copies of it into the court, then they got your ass also. That's another way. So read the equivalent version on your end and study it. But in, in brief, it says proof of foreign will by copy. A written will admitted to probate outside the state is sufficiently proved to admit it to probate in this state by introducing in evidence an authenticated copy of the will and the probate thereof. So if you willingly bring in your will into this state with the intent of it being administered here without because the will basically tells you the terms and condition what happens to a property upon someone passing away. So why then would you want to bring another third party to administer it for you? If you don't delineate who gets what and who acts as a middleman within your will and within your trust, which by the way, trust a will can be put into a trust. So do that rather than have them construct it for you and act as a trustee to determine who gets what and how. So you put that terms and condition. Remember, applicable laws, applicable laws, applicable laws. These other things are substitutes if you fail to create terms of the trust instrument. So if you have a will, put it into a trust and specify exactly who determines, who acts, as the trustee to distribute these trust units or these trust assets. Otherwise, they will probate it. The moment these come into equation, they're taking your shit. That's what this basically says. And that's how you qualify to, for court test. Second goes to say testamentary trust. In the case of a trust created pursuant to the terms of a will, probated within the United States, other than an ancillary probate, if all fiduciaries of the trust have been qualified as trustees of the trust by a court within the United States, the trust meets the court test. Again, if the substantial decision is not determined by someone actually, actually, really, actually foreign to the United States, regardless of your interpretation of what the word foreign means, someone who is truly foreign to it then they got you again. Inter vivos trusts live in trust. In the case of a trust other than a testamentary trust, if the fiduciaries or beneficiaries take steps with a court with with a court within the United States, meaning any of the people and trust members, if they take steps, I mean they voluntarily go into the court within the United States to determine the affairs of their shit. Without, because the whole purpose of you creating a trust is so that you can handle your affairs without others meddling in it. You don't want to go it into probate. You want to avoid it by all means. That's the purpose of you creating a trust. And these inter vivos and testamentaries under the condition of probate. This is the medium that they use to take your stuff. Every court case is really technically a probate court when you really think about it in that sense. Then it, they let you know the moment any beneficiary or fiduciary takes steps, meaning it's just another very 
cute word of saying if you voluntarily come into our jurisdiction that causes administration of the trust to be subject to the primary supervision of the court then you meet the control test then you meet the court test then under any circumstance if anything that we do within our trust and the judicial aspect of it that we've set up if you come into our venue give us your jurisdiction you relinquish yours you give us personal subject matter and territory jurisdiction to whatever rest whatever uh, property is in dispute simple as that and then the last one the United States courts and a foreign court are able to exercise primary supervision over the administration of the trust if both the United States trust and a foreign court are able to exercise primary supervision over the administration of the trust the trust meets the court test then even if you put a safe harbor provision into your terms and condition of your trusts so long as the United States still has subsequent jurisdiction they still got you These are the things you have to put into consideration for your trust to really be private. When that cop pulls somebody, someone over on the side of the road, writing the ticket, they're suing you right there. That is the summons that they're serving you. That ticket, they're serving you the summons and the complaint. Right then and there. That is it right there. And how do they enforce that someone in a complaint that they've sued you like, hey, you broke this administrative law? These courts. These are how they, these courts, federal, state, and local ones, is how they administer their affairs. And if you start straddling the fence and mixing jurisdictions, they construe it as their shit. Automatic migration provision. This is along the same line of safe harbor now. Notwithstanding any other provision of this section, the court within the United States is not considered to have primary not considered to have primary supervision over the administration of the trust if and these are the conditions and I'm not to have jurisdiction over it if the trust instrument provides that United States courts attempt to assert jurisdiction or otherwise supervise the administration of the trust directly or indirectly will cause the trust to migrate from the United States this right here is state harbor clause the, the safe harbor clause I'm not saying you do this but you should probably incorporate similar verbiage into the terms and condition of your trust but know who you are and what applies to you because where are you going to be going what 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 court are you going to be referring to think about that however this paragraph however this paragraph c411 will not apply if the trust instrument Provides men and this is how they can pierce your shit, even if you put that terms and condition there. This paragraph will not apply if the trust instrument provides that the trust will migrate from the United States only in the case of foreign invasion of the United States. Only widespread confiscation or naturalization of properties in the United States. Well, they're letting you know, in addition to this clause right here, letting you know when the safe harbor is activated make sure you add this part also excluding this part 
at the exclusion of this, this condition, it's a year terms and conditions. Then it gives you the example, go read it, it's, it's long-winded, you can do it. And then it goes to control test. So that was the court test. That's that they're, they just basically explained to you how you can protect your stuff by delineating what it's governed by and what conditions and the if-then circumstance involved. And how they step in, they tell it to you. Is there more year, there's more, and it's within the state laws. And then the control test, United States person. Term United States person mean a United States person within the meaning of section 7701A30. For example, a domestic corporation, they give you the example here. For example, a domestic corporation is a United States person. Corporation is a person, a legal person. Regardless of whether an artificial legal person and then legus, whatever you want to call it. Regardless of whether its shareholders are United States persons, meaning a natural person who is not a corporate entity, and have interest in a domestic corporation. And that natural person who has interest in that domestic corporation can be foreign. Either way, so long as that corporation is deemed domestic by way of it having other United States persons or qualifying for any of these, it is still a United States person. Once again, the term United States person means a United States person within the meaning of section blah, 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 blah. And then it just gives you an example. A domestic corporation is a United States person regardless of whether it's shareholders or United States persons. Read this section, but nonetheless, just know that this is a summary of what this tells. Basically outlines the different types of entities that are United States persons. And even if it's a trust, so long as one of the shareholders is domestic, and if the substantial decision, which links it back to the court test or the control test, which is this right here, if the substantial decision is controlled by someone that's not foreign, it is a United States person. Basically, this first part just basically lets you know, get somebody who's foreign to control the substantial decision. And the second part really just goes into details of what this really is. The term substantial decisions means those decisions that persons, you know, they're corporate persons, legal person, artificial persons, and natural persons. And that's a very broad term they're giving you right here. So just keep those two distinctions in mind. And remember that it's more specific to the administration of another entity. And based on the status of these persons is how the administration is determined. So just keep that specific part in mind. So the term substantial decisions means those decisions that persons are authorized or required to make under the terms of the trusts. There goes this, you keep seeing this word, the terms of the trust, the terms of the trust. They're letting you know you can create your own contract. You can create your own laws. This term is the same thing as contract. Contract is law. Contract makes the law. There's a maxim like that goes along the same line. 
The term substantial decision means those decisions that persons are authorized or required to make under the terms of the trust instrument and applicable law. This word applicable law is always secondary for a good reason because it's subordinate to what you delineate and that are not ministerial such as what they do meaning substantial and then it goes on to give you what examples of uh, substantial means. Decisions that are ministerial includes decisions regarding details such as bookkeeping, which is what judges do for GSA bond. That's the only reason why they're sitting up there. The collection of rents, which is what why they're sitting up there. If not, then they hold you in contempt and throw you and keep holding your surety. And then, and on a sidebar, when they talk about I'm going to put you in contempt of court, it is good to ask whether it's civil or criminal contempt. But what they're really telling you about is not that you have disrespected the court or that you're acting uh, awry or that you're not being lawful. What they're saying is you've signed a contract that says you're a debtor, but you're standing here acting like a creditor. What's wrong with you? So entertain those principles and they won't hit you with contempt of court because they're just collecting rents. That's it. They're acting as landlord. They're acting as your father. Nonetheless, continuing on. And the execution of investment decisions, the GSA bonds that they're administering. Substan and you can do the same thing with your trust. So just know that according to how they determine whether they want to pierce your trust or not, when it comes to things of financial nature, because basically this is what all this is. Bookkeeping, collection of rent, execution of investment decisions. That's deemed as ministerial decisions. So you should probably create terms and conditions Within your trust, that's going to separate who's going to control finance and who's going to control these other things, which is the substantial decisions. Then it goes, so it gives you the definition of what a ministerial decisions are, which is distinct to substantial decisions. Substantial decisions include, but are not limited, are not limited, meaning you can determine what the substantial decisions are and make it very clear. Substantial decisions include but are not limited to decisions concerning a whether and when to distribute income or a corpus meaning a body of something. So this is the management of the amount, collecting it, and executing investment decisions, meaning go do this, go do that. But who distributes the trust certificate units and who distribute certain amounts or who collapses the trust is when the corpus, the rest, the property that's held in trust is satisfied when the intent is complete, then the trust collapse. So that makes this a substantial decision. So distribution of income is financial in nature, but that basically collapses any trust that exists if the limitation of that trust is for the intent of transferring any type of monies. The amount of any distribution, the selection of beneficiaries. So whoever selects the beneficiaries is controlling the substantial decision. Keep that in mind. Whether receipt of allocable, allocate, I don't know how the fuck to pronounce this word. To income is or principle, whether to terminate the trust, collapse the trust, whether to compromise arbitrate or abandon claims of the trust, meaning whatever affects the integrity of the core of the trust. 
whether to sue on behalf of the trust or to defend the suit against the trust because when you start going into this shit right here the court you, you got to be careful to not qualify for the court test so this is substantial you can make or break the trust whether to remove add or replace a trustee right there so anything that makes or breaks the trust is what substantial decision is whether to appoint a successor trustee is to see the trustee who had died reassigned or otherwise cease to act as a trustee even if the power to make such a decision is not accompanied by an unrestricted power blah 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 just read it just please just just read it it would help you understand what it means to have a foreign or a private trust then it goes control the term control means having the power by vote or others your own you're running your own micronation to make all of the substantial decisions of the trust with no other person having the power to veto any of the substantial decision meaning whatever decision whoever makes a substantial de decision makes is final nobody can override it and that's it to determine whether United States persons have control it is necessary to consider all persons who have authority to make a substantial decisions of the trust. Not only the trust fiduciaries. The fiduciaries has to do it. Money. So keep in mind. In that case, it's probably best for you to just make one man or one woman the one who controls the substantial decision. So whoever controls the status of who controls the substantial, substantial decision is what status in the jurisdiction of your trust leans on if that is weak if it breaks your trust your trust falls you really want to know how and what makes your trust foreign and quote-unquote private everyone milks that word so often these days and basically just has no more significance but nonetheless, you want to begin to understand the basics of what really makes your trust foreign rather than domestic, really makes it private rather than public, what really puts substance to it. Read this section right here. It tells you. Or else, you just be dabbling in something that just makes you feel good. But really has no substance to it. Don't do that. 